Could constant cell phone use be damaging your child's brain? Think about it. We're always using our cell phones. We're always around them. What if there was potential harm? Hi, I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, and welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. My guest is Dr. Daniel DeBond. Dr. Daniel DeBond is basically an expert in this area. He talks about it, enjoys talking about it. And I guess the biggest thing is we hear stories all the time about cell phones and potential risks. What sort of information do you have that would raise concerns? Good evening, Dr. Brian. Thanks for inviting me onto your show. There is so much information we know. In fact, there has been many, many studies over the last 10 years that has been growing in content and being more clear on the things we expose ourselves to every day and the potential health dangers to them. Now, you have a number of different things that, you know, you talk about and you claim. You're a former telecommunications industry executive. Back in those days, what exactly was your role in that business? I go back quite a number of years in this space, in the telecom space. I actually ran the laboratories that actually evaluated technology. So anytime it was introduced into the networks, the telecommunication networks, that my teams would ensure that they met the standards. So I had a lot of background in the electrical side of the industry. Now, you've taken the time, along with your son, to write a book, Radiation Nation, The Fallout of Modern Technology. I mean, so obviously this is something you really care about. I mean, if you take the time to write a book, you care about it. What exactly was it? Was it a fear? Was it concern? Was it just get more information you wanted to learn by writing the book? Or was it all those years together? What led you to writing? I didn't spend much time in my past lives as electromagnetic radiation expert, although I dealt with it in the laboratories. But what I found when I began developing products for shielding I began realizing the scientific community wasn't talking to the medical communities. The medical communities weren't talking to the electrical community. It was disjointed. So a lot of information we had in the marketplace just wasn't gelling for the average person. And so out of a little bit of frustration that there was lots of misinformation in the marketplace and not enough good, solid information that's understandable by the average person, I generated a book that helps from soup to nuts, giving you a bit of everything about that electromagnetic radiation space that helps you understand the space. And if you choose, make choices on how you want to deal with it in your life. So when you talk about it, in particular with phones, you talk about EMF or electromagnetic frequency, and that's the radiation that's emitted by things like cell phones, tablets, laptops, Wi-Fi. And these are a lot of the things we use. Are we getting a lot as far as doses? Because I know, I mean, we keep them in our pockets, we have them in our chest pocket, we have them all over. What kind of levels are we talking about? Well, it turns out that low levels of emissions, the energy levels not being very high, over time of exposure has the possibilities of influencing the body and its functions as well as influencing the cells themselves. In fact, you may know it as oxidative stress, Oxidative stress is when a cell says, I don't want to be stressed out. You're exposing me to this toxin. Please stop. And as you know, the proteins that pass back and forth between cells are disrupted when those kinds of things occur. So there's actually body stuff that can be done with low-level radiation. I love to tell the story. Everyone knows x-rays are dangerous. The reason x-rays are dangerous is because when you have that energy hit the cell, the atom itself, it actually can knock out the electron and charge that. That's why they call it ionized radiation. 
But did you know a microwave oven is the same frequency as a radio frequency signal, which is what we all use in our Wi-Fi and our cell phones? And when you cook a piece of meat in a microwave oven, it heats the water up and the cells oscillate. And that's called the thermal emission. Well, the power levels of a microwave are much higher than an RF signal, but it's a thermal emission. So it clearly can impact the operations of the cell. So, I mean, we hear these things all the time, and yet, I mean, as a general public, you say, well, how could you allow all these phones to be out there if it was causing a problem? I mean, wouldn't we be seeing more cases of unusual forms of cancer or those things? Very great question. So 30 years ago, the standard was created for cell phones, and that standard energy level that you can't exceed was for protection of the body. That was made over 30 years ago for a six-foot male in casual use. Fast forward to today, you have use not occasionally, but hours at a time. And those hours at a time are down to kids six years old. In fact, I think up to six years old, 95% of kids use uh, laptops, tablets, and cell phones these days. So we're exposing these children, and it's just not momentary stuff. It's hours at a time. And that's where the dangers lie. And the reason we haven't had much experience with it is because it's only the last 10 years it's really hitting us. You may recall it was over 40, 50 years before we found out there was a direct link to cancer when you smoked. You know, there was a biochemist 50 years ago that said trans fats are a problem. It took him 50 years for it to be banned in products today. So I think we're on a path of discovery, and we're learning more and more every day about these things, and I believe similar to the paths where the other, which I just use as analogies. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. Fascinating conversation with our guest, Daniel Devon. He is the author of Radiation Nation. He is talking about EMFs, and we're talking about cell phones and how we're using them. You know, I'm not the first person to use a medication when it comes out. I don't want to be the last. I tell people moderation is the best, and, you know, usually you get in trouble when you overdo it with most things. So let's say there is something to this, as you're saying, with the radiation and the concerns. How can you then survive in today's world and use the phone less or protect yourself? What do you do? Well, there are a few things that are very simple and straightforward. Anytime you use a cell phone, laptop, or any other transmitting device, the longer you use it, the potentially higher the danger. So short durations are always best. So don't use the phone for hours at a time, more minutes at a time, and you tend to be protected. Distance. When you have a cell phone to your head, that's when it's the most dangerous. If you take that cell phone one foot away, 80% of the danger is gone. The energy levels can't influence the cells by 4 foot 98. So simple distance from the sources. If you have a Wi-Fi, for example, put it 10 foot away, not 3 foot away. At night, if you have a laptop or a cell phone next to your nightstand, get it away. Take it out of the bedroom. In fact, when you have it close to you like that, that actually screws around with the melatonin. We now know through some study work that is actually interfering with processes of the body and its operation, and that's why people have a problem sleeping at night. That what could a, be a cause. What about the watches, Fitbits, those sorts of things? Those use Bluetooth. Think of it this way. A cell phone connects up to four or five miles. The energy level is strong enough to get out there. A Wi-Fi may be 500 feet, so it's not as powerful. Bluetooth can go 30 to 50 feet. 
So it's really low power energy level, but it's a constant load. I had a yoga teacher, and she had bought that, and she was bragging to me. She always had it on. It was wonderful for her to use it. And I said, do you realize it's constantly transmitting? When you buy one of those biofeedback systems, make sure they don't transmit while they're not communicating with the cell phone. Interesting points. What you're really talking about is trying to look at extensive exposure and also levels of exposure. Yes, exactly. Think of it this way, Dr. Brian. When you have something close to your body, that's when there's most danger. The other dimension, the ADHD associated with EMF, those are because of environments. In your office space, your wireless telephone, cell phone, Wi-Fi, all of the transmitters within a room are transmitting and increasing the energy levels within that room. I talk about that as bees in the room. If you have one bee in a room, you're not going to die. But if you have a 1,000 bees, that's when it becomes more dangerous. So simple things like turning them off. If you're not using your cell phone, when you use your cell phone, you have Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and the cell phone transmitters. If you're not using the Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, turn them off. Two out of three, you can reduce the emissions within the room in simply by turning it off. Sometimes we have guests on saying, absolutely, do not do this or do this. What you're trying to say is a sensible approach to using the technology. It's it's not panic time. We're not going to throw this stuff away soon. What we need to think about is what are our environments that we're living in and how can we deal with the modern technologies that are so important in our lives. Now, what about people who will say, you know, the the kids are, I mean, it's become this way. The kids are at school. I want to hear from them. And young kids are constantly looking at them. College kids are constantly on the phone. I mean, we have all the risk of people looking at their phones, not knowing where they're going. And you see those videos where they walk into things. But the reality is they're really much more than people, maybe let's say 35 and over, they're really attached to these things. And that's what there's a growing concern about because... When I grew up, of course, wireline was the only way you're going to communicate. And if there was emission sources, they were far away. No danger for me. I mentioned before about children and the standard. And neglected to tell you, the standard signal that FCC has can go into my head by two degrees. I'm a six-foot male. But a child, six years old, it can go all the way through their head. And think of this. That's starting at the youngest of ages. And it stays their lifetime. What's the impact? We really don't know. And we won't know, as you say, in some of these cases for quite some time because of the fact. Are there anything, I mean, I know you're on top of this. Are there any studies that can simulate things or try to show? Dr. Brian, last year, the federal government, through the National Toxicity Program, it's a division of the federal government, spent $25 million on an epidemiology study. And what they were looking to do is prove or disprove that there is uh, impacts to the cell uh, from transmitters. They were smart when they set up the study because what they did was they took the transmitters slightly away to reduce the thermal impact to the cells. And what they looked for was the biological, which is probably what we have been talking about that's more dangerous, the long-term biological impacts of exposure. And so this study came back and they said heavy use, in their studies was 95% confidence level, which means they're pretty sure it's pretty accurate. And it was peer-reviewed. And they found that there was a 2% increase in the frontal lobe cancers, tumors, and the heart. None of us really predicted the heart, but we did know the soft tissue of the brain 
was most likely the most likely most susceptible to the emissions under constant load. Well, Dr. Daniel LeBonnet, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us on ReachMD. It's a pleasure to have you. One last question. Is there something that you wished I had brought up that I didn't bring up? There's nothing to panic about, and there are ways of reducing it. Be careful if you're going to be looking for solutions in the marketplace that talk about protecting you. Make sure that they're engineering safe products that are independently tested and proven to provide the protection. I actually own a company that produces shielding materials, so you're safe from these kinds of electronic emissions. Make sure that you find protection that helps you and your family. Well, Dr. Devon, I want to thank you for joining us on the program. Thank you. Daniel DeBond is the author of Radiation Nation, The Fallout of Modern Technology. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com slash Primary Care today. You can download the podcast. You can learn more on the series. Thank you for listening. Again, thank you for joining us.